Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. and welcome to the prep to pro nba draft podcast i am max carlin and i'm joined as always by jake rosen jake how you doing i'm doing well today max how are you i am all right um i'm excited to to be back talking uh draft with you um so today we're going to talk about advantage creation um kind of like the most valuable commodity in uh in a prospect uh and we're going to talk about specifically complexity when it comes to creating advantages, because I think that there are a lot of positives and negatives that you can draw from a, from a player's ability to do that or, or uh, reliance upon doing that. And, and there are some important biases to, to confront as well that I think are very relevant in general and, and in particular to this class. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, I, I think we should probably start with with why it's so valuable to create advantages and why it's so important uh, to look for that in prospects. Do you want to you want to you know get us started on that? Yeah, I mean, it kind of starts at like the crux of basketball and defensive rotations is you know you need to beat a defender, and the easiest way to draw rotation is beating your primary defender um, off the bounce. That it doesn't require any schemes, doesn't require any other teammates it's just you and your defender and if you're able to beat him cleanly and draw that rotation and send the defense in the spiral then you're going to be operating under this advantage that we always mention and there's a good chance your team's going to get a good shot um so i think that's probably like why it's most important is that off the dribble advantage creation is the most consistent way to shift defenses there's if you're good at what you do and you can get by your defender in a multitude of ways it's hard for the defenses to basically scheme out of it. And I think that's something we saw Luca a lot last year is like, there's no way to, you know, stop him from getting to his spots because he can get there in so many different ways. And there's no way to scheme versus when we see in the NBA playoffs, you know, they'll know every action that's coming their way before it even gets there. And defenses have counters and they've watched hours of film, but in its purest form, advantage creation is unstoppable to an extent. And I think like all the NBA greats have, possess this ability and i think it's a really important thing to look for in prospects as well yeah i mean the, the offense fundamentally does have some sort of advantage by virtue of like they have the ball and get to choose what they do and the defense has to respond but you know the, the natural state is that there's no advantage being conceded because basketball is played five on five um and yeah you can you can use scheme to generate advantages um to, to varying degrees of success. And you can, you can leverage its unique skills off the ball. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Steph Curry has, has effectively an entire scheme built around the fact that his movement off the ball can, can generate advantages. Um, there, there are guys who just by virtue of touching the ball on the right part of the floor can create advantages. You think Nikola Jokic, you know, if he, if he has the ball in the post, the defense bends. Um, but there are very few guys who are like that. And, and to some degree, you, every team needs, needs players who can create advantages off the dribble. Um, even if they have, you know, exceptional schemes with, with players who are really well suited to execute them. Or if you have a guy who, who creates advantages merely by touching the ball, like you, to some degree you do, you do need to create advantages off the dribble. And that's, that's why it's valuable. Um, but on the, on the other hand, uh, I think that there's, you know, there's something that, that comes with the, the need to create advantages that like, 
unless you are all time great at one specific thing, that there are going to be counters to a lot of different methods of creating advantages. So if you think about a guy who's really reliant on straight line burst or, um, you know, someone, someone who has a really, really shifty handle and can get defenders to bite and, and get their uh, momentum going in the wrong direction and can, can work from there. Like there are lots of ways to counter these things that like, if you, if you have, you know, the, the right defender is capable of moving well enough laterally or, um, you know, you, or if you can, you know, even take advantage of, of where on the floor a person creates advantages with, with how you respond defensively. Like there, there are ways to, to counter these very uh, single-minded approaches to creating advantage, to creating advantages. And because of that, you know, I think that there is a lot of value in diversity of creating advantages that winning in multiple ways means that when a defense responds to you to try to take away you know your maybe your your greatest uh avenue to advantage creation that you have a response that if there's a specific defender or a specific defensive scheme that is adept at taking away one method of winning that that diversity is important um because it gives you these multiple avenues to win if if one is taken away the problem with that is is like conflating diversity and complexity that winning in multiple different ways is different from requiring a lot of physical abilities and uh, skills in order to win. Um, so we're going to, we're going to sort of delve into that uh, today. The wait is finally over. Football was in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I also think this is very important, and it brought me to a term that I really like, and it brings like to a bunch of the handlers in this class. Um, one guy in particular, Sharif Cooper, I think he excels at just as like an improv improv at improvising on the basketball court. And that's just whatever comes at you, you have a counter skill skillfully, mentally, um, you know how to read the defense. You have the ability to carve up the defense no matter what they give you. And ultimately that's the most unguardable trait on the basketball court is there being no scheme because of this said diversity that you're talking about. They can get you with a straight blow by. They can get you with a hesitation. They can change speeds. They have a handle. And ultimately when you have this wide array of abilities and avenues to create the advantages, it just makes it that much more difficult for the defense to contain you and slow you down. Um, so that's why with Street Cooper, you know, I think his ability to get into the paint and pressure defenses and cause rotations in a wide variety of ways is something that probably shouldn't be overlooked when you're evaluating the draft class. Uh, I really like Sharif's, you know, people say he's not the burstiest. I, I think he gets by his man pretty good amount, pretty decent amount of, of times. Um, the handle is also really shifty and the change of pace is masterful. He always has the defense in the hand of his pocket, knows when to his start stop is crazy. Um, and his acceleration and short and short, you know, like quick twitch movements is really good too. And I think those are all things that allow Sharif to excel and why I think he's kind of the prime candidate for this diversity argument. Yeah, he certainly is. He's a very diverse advantage creator. And, and something that I think we'll get into more later is that Sharif wins easily when he can win easily and then ratchets up the complexity when it's necessary. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, kind of the mark of a, of a really adept advantage creator. Um, but, but, you know, as, as you're talking about the value of diversity, it's important not to conflate diversity and complexity that diversity is, is winning in different ways where I, I view sort of complexity as um needing to incorporate a lot of different physical abilities and skills in order to win period. Um, so, so thinking about someone like Anthony Edwards last year, he was a very diverse advantage creator. I think that on any given possession, he can win with straight line burst. He can win with, with his body control around the rim. He can win with his strength, just discarding guys with dribble moves. Um, 
you know, there just there's just a litany of ways for him to win. And he doesn't necessarily need to combine those all at once because he is such a powerful, such a powerfully explosive athlete because he is so strong uh, because he does have finishing crafts. Like he, he doesn't need to combine all these things to win. Now, if you, if you contrast that with someone like BJ Boston this year, that BJ is going to have to tie all of these things together together in order to win. So that means he needs to have perfect footwork executing his dribble move to create a small quarter step on you. And then he's going to need to break out perfect, like long stride deceleration steps while he hits you with the shoulder to discard you. And then he's going to have to fade away. And that's all to create a fairly contested elbow jumper, you know, or, or, or say he does get to the rim, then it's a weird angle release to, to barely get off, you know, a pretty tough runner. That's what complexity looks like, that you're tying all these different things together. And I think that that produces a, a bias that you really need to confront because it is undeniably impressive to be able to do all of those things. But I, I don't think that it's the same thing as diversity. And I think seeing them all at once uh, can certainly lead you down a dangerous path of, of seeing that a player could do all of these things. Um, but you, you do have to question why the player needs to do all those things. And so I think this is especially relevant when moving up levels that this was something that was evident with BJ Boston as a high school player. And I think I definitely got caught up in the idea that, wow, it's so impressive that he can do these things together and not asking why, why he's not just blowing by a guy with first. Yeah, I think, you know, a good litmus test to decipher the difference between, you know, the complexity and I'm blanking on the, the word diversity. that you, diversity, complexity and diversity. Uh, thank you. A good litmus test is like, are, does it feel like the defense is forcing you into this? Because when I watch Sharif and I watch Jared Butler and even Anthony Edwards last year, I never felt like the defense was forcing them into these combos and forcing them into these, you know, you know, between the legs cross. It felt like they had that in their bag and they were willing to resort to it if necessary. With BJ, it genuinely looks, maybe it's just the physical stature or whatever, you know, whatever the deal is. It genuinely looks like the defense is forcing him into these, like to go all the way into his bag to, like you said, just get a half a step, you know, or just to get a contested step back, you know. And I think the end product is also really, you know, we've talked about it all the time, show me the easy. Uh, and I think that's definitely something that we both got caught up in with BJ Boston is that while the shot making in high school was extraordinary and something you definitely didn't want to miss out on, you know, the ratio of contested setback threes to open layups probably wasn't where you would want it to be from someone that we were pegging as a wing creator. And that's okay. That's why you do this. You miss, you learn, and then you don't make them. Then, then you have conversations like this and you don't make the same mistake next time. Uh, and I do think, you know, that's a really easy litmus test just when you're watching games, you know, whether you're taking notes on a possession by possession basis like us, or, you know, you're just casually tuning in. Like it's pretty easy to say and think to yourself, okay, is the defense forcing you into these moves or are you willingly going to them because you can? And I think that's a really good point to kind of just like settle on. Yeah. And I think that that provides a pretty natural transition into the genuine positives that come with complexity. Um, because the idea that you're doing it because you can is, I think, important. That, that by virtue of being able to win with complexity, it, it, it's evidence of a few things. First of all, that you, that you do have those skills. Like it, to, to some degree, does demonstrate that you have diversity in your ability to create advantages. Now, whether that means that you're, you're good enough at this diverse, uh, these diverse skills is, is an, another question entirely, but that you, you have some ability to use them. And that like, also you have a, a certain level of coordination to be able to string these things together that like there, there is a, a, a level of coordination I think required to do some of what BJ Boston does that like that long stride to decelerate while perfectly syncing up, dropping your shoulder into a guy into, you know, a, a step back jumper is 
impress like it is it is impressive but i do i do think that like it's an actual skill to be able to do those things together the problem is that that shouldn't be your only way to to create advantages um but i and i also think that like there there's reason to believe that something like this is is evidence of feel like yes you do have to i think be worried about things that look really really rehearsed and that maybe like something maybe to look for especially is is like are the the steps in in like a complex combination of uh different skills and and physical attributes used to create an advantage like do they make sense like if you have if you have a guy leaning in one in one direction like is is you know the next dribble move sensible in terms of taking advantage of where that guy's that guy's weight is leaning for example as opposed to something that's maybe more rehearsed but but if if you know a guy is is consistently winning with complexity in a way that shows that they're constantly reading their defender seeing where their weight is moving seeing where their feet are, are moving uh you know playing off of their expectations then i do think that that's an indicator of some kind of feel someone like jared butler really comes to mind here that when he has these situations where he's sequencing change of pace with a hesitation then he's going to explode forward at the exact right moment that his body is going to move it in the exact right way to sell that he's gathering or something like that you know i do think that that's a demonstration of a certain kind of ability to read a situation and process stimuli on the fly and and respond in a way that's productive you're you're on mute jake 100 that definitely comes back to the point that i was talking about you know with that improvising and you know thinking on the fly that it does require both it requires you to excel in both skill wise and mental wise. like it requires you to see what's going on and then have the ability to act on it um another thing is that we talk about like developmental skills a lot and, and things what's harder to develop what's easier to develop and i mean it's a question that i'm looking to tackle every single day but i think we can both agree you know the ability to win in these complex manners is probably one of the harder skills to develop being able to tie together multiple combos and get by a defender um, you know, just being able to have those combos in your bag in general, uh, I don't, you don't see that a lot. And we've seen ball handling improvements, but they're mainly, they're like slight and, you know, a little bit incremental. Never do we see guys who are like struggling with their handle go from, you know, simple change of pace moves to all of a sudden being Kyrie Irving in the rising stars game. We just, it just doesn't happen. So I do think there is something to, like you said, winning in these complex manners and some like a little bit, I don't want to say a low hanging fruit from a developmental standpoint, but it's definitely something that shouldn't be thrown out the window because you're, you can look at it and say, okay, you already have the hard part. Where can we make these improvements? Like whether they're physical or mental, where can we make these improvements that allow you to win in the easier ways, whether it's just a straight rip through or, you know, improving standstill burst, where can we make those improvements to then bring this overall advantage creation package together? Because I do think that the complexity part is more difficult to bring together and improve on than, you know, the initial standstill burst, blow by, rip drive. And I think just talking about guys in this class, that's why Keon Johnson is someone I've really struggled to evaluate is that high school Keon looked a lot like, I mean, it was just blow by after blow by after blow by. And you know, while I was watching it, I loved his just constant aggression, never wanting to settle, always wanting to get all the way to the rim. And he had the ability to just, I mean, he was in a completely different stratosphere as an athlete than every single person on that floor. So he was, it enabled him to just win so, so easily. And now what we're seeing at Tennessee is he's so used to winning so easily that, you know, those self-creation reps where he's forced to make a dribble counter or forced to change direction, they don't look as fluid as I would have hoped. And you know, that's what makes him a really tough evaluation in my eyes, especially from an advantage creation perspective. So yeah, there is definitely something to having both. And I do think if we're looking at them, you know, both ends of the spectrum from a player development perspective, because that's what we talk about all the time. I do think it would be, you know, irresponsible to just overlook the complex side because it is harder to develop in my opinion. Yeah. I think the development angle is a really important thing to discuss because like you said, like that baseline of coordination is important, but also I think there can be exponential returns to then straightening out a specific area or strengthening a specific area that if we're saying that 
that we believe NBA teams are capable of adding more bursts than people think. For example, if you already have the footwork down and you already have, um, you know, contact initiation, balance, like if you already have these things down and we're saying that NBA teams are adept at making people more explosive, then those things can work together to make you exponentially more effective as a creator. If you can get that step, that quarter step a lot more easily, then one, you're going to win easier more often. And two, the, you know, that quarter step, then being able to get that consistently and then work in conjunction with footwork, with finishing craft, with, um, uh, you know, exceptional touch or balance, you know, any, any of those sorts of things, I think you can be looking yet yeah, once you, you straighten out one area that you can win easily more and that your ability to win com- with complexity is also enhanced in a, in a way that really makes you an exponentially more valuable creator. Um, and I do think that, that that's applicable to someone like, like BJ Boston, that, you know, if, if he's adding strength, do the discards become that much more effective uh, when combined with, with his footwork, with, with his, um, you know, finishing craft, like these things that are already very much in place. And you add to that, 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 you know, if if someone someone like BJ Boston that, that if you have that coordination in place already that you know that, that this guy is capable of stringing these things together it's just making one aspect of that better or you know all aspects of that better then you could be looking at really exponential growth as an advantage creator and that is why I am not out on BJ Boston that's pr- pretty much you just summed it all up right there um, it's that you already have the hard part and you have a six a guy at six seven who is capable of putting together multiple dribble combos he's capable of hitting tough shots it's just about you know improving that athletic baseline and putting on strength which look I'm no biomechanic specialist but NBA teams have done that before uh, and I'm like I said I'm more confident just from my basketball experience banking on NBA team to make a guy that much faster and that much stronger than a player development staff adding x y and z to their bag as a handler I, I just am and until that I'm open to that becoming proven otherwise but that's where I'm at right now I do think this is a very timely pod and we didn't even do this on purpose but the G League bubble is coming up very soon and I think this conversation applies to their two top prospects that are getting a lot of top five hype from the mainstream and that's Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga uh, Jalen Green I noted in the outline is someone who I'm really intrigued by Uh, maybe a little bit more than most. And the reason for that is I do think he might be able to fit that Anthony Edwards mold. Um, Jalen Green early in his career, like we're talking underclassmen as a sophomore, was just like he was that freak athlete jumping out of the gym, straight line speed, blow bys, and, you know, didn't really get tested um, to my eye until the EYBL going into senior year where, you know, he had a shaky handle, high, especially it was very high, which didn't allow him to get downhill and explode I don't know how much of that you watched, but I think that was like a pretty widely known thing. And he's he was alone as a slasher. And so as a slasher with a high handle, who's getting bumped off his spots with the thin frame. It, it just didn't really all work together. Then as a senior, he tightened up his handle visibly and tightened up his footwork and lower body as a shot maker. So there were some games and, you know, we he's someone where that mental aspect is going to have to be there. Um, he has a little bit of the Anthony Edwards syndrome where he does like to settle for some tough jump shots instead of getting all the way to the rim. However, it takes a certain type of physical and skill mold to achieve this diversity that we are talking about. And I think Jalen Green has the potential with his straight line, like his straight line speed and quick first step vertical explosion. And if those handle improvements have, you know, continued to trek up or have even held up from his senior year. You know, I think that's something that could be really intriguing. And on the other side, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, who was known as more of a big wing uh, in his EYBL days and was always winning with strength, just straight strength. He's going to blow by, he's not even blow by you. He's going to rip and drop his shoulder and dislodge you and you're going to go flying into the bleachers. And, you know, that's how he's always learned to win. But as he's gotten older, we've seen that, that that's not consistently viable because one, you're going to go up against guys. Obviously, not many guys are built like he are, he is, but there are NBA players that are extremely strong and have, you know, upper body strength, lower body strength to stay with you. And that's just not viable if you're that predictable. So Jonathan Kaminga is someone who I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing where his skill 
lies at as, as an advantage creator. Um, I don't want to give him too much benefit of the doubt, but he does have a lot of margin for error with that frame, but it's going to need, like, I'm a little bit past the theoretical stage. And I think those two guys are two people that really fit this discussion that we're having right now. Yeah. They're, they're two guys that I wonder about their capability for complexity that I think that a, a strength for the both of them has been an ability to win easily that Kuminga through being the level of explosive that he is with that sort of frame combining those two things is valuable. Um, And then with green, yeah, that he's just a really, really explosive athlete. I I do. I worry with green on account of the fact that, yeah, the the handle issues and just a lack of flexibility. I I definitely worry about him adding complexity, but you know, these, these are just things to to track and to, to watch for. Um, I do. I think those guys fit more to me as guys who have won easily in the past, which you know, is it's good to be able to do that. Yeah, like, or it's necessary to be able to do that, to be a good, someone who, especially when moving up levels, is going to create with volume. Uh, but I, and I think that, that this is a really important point, that complexity does become necessary at a certain point, that when you're dealing with, with really good defenders, you're going to need to do more. That, like, when you're, when you're dealing with, with high-level NBA defenders, you're not just going to blow by them. You're not going to power through them and just discard them and finish at the rim unless, unless you're LeBron James doing the powering through someone or, uh, you know, prime Russell Westbrook or John Wall doing the blowing by. Like, it's, it's not that easy consistently, especially not at the highest levels. And that's where the complexity comes into play that you are going to, you need that quarter step that you can get from burst. And then you need that extra quarter step that you get from, you know, deceptive footwork at the rim. And then finally you need the finishing craft to actually finish the play because the margin you're creating is still going to be slim because you're dealing with NBA length. You're dealing with, you know, NBA athletes who can flip their hips that quickly, who can, who have recovery ability. And then that that's not even to mention, you know, help defenders that you're going to have to encounter. So even if you do, you know, say, say you do totally blow by a guy, it's not going to be an easy finish at the rim. Like you're, you're going to have to deal with a rim protector. Um, so, so the complexity becomes necessary at a certain point. Uh, and that's, that's, I think another, you know, key aspect to the complexity is that if you're w- winning easily, frequently, then you very much also want to see the complexity. And I think that that, that's something that, that stood out with Sharif Cooper as, as, as a high school player is that, and, and, and of course, as a college player has as well, that he, his baseline is winning insanely easily that it's, it's just quick twitch explosion that no one can stay in front of him. But when he has to ramp up the complexity, he can, that's when the complex dribble dribble combos come into play. That's when the change of pace comes into play that when, when he sees different defenders, when he sees better defenders, when he sees better athletes, longer players, that he's a, he's able to ramp up the complexity and that's what makes him, you know, a guy who can create advantages so consistently and, you know, you know, makes him a, a, a compelling prospect as an advantage creator. Yeah. And I think you really hit on an important point that I was planning on talking about next is that we've spent um, a good amount of time on the pod talking about how you might need to leverage one or the other in a possession by possession basis. But in reality, the best slashers and finishers flip off between the two and use both of these ends of the spectrum in conjunction in the same possession. Like you said, if you're blowing by someone cleanly, you know, there's going to be a rim protector that you're going to have to make a secondary move on with, whether it's a spin, a Euro step, deceleration footwork, there's going to be something there. There aren't buckets, like maybe unless you're Russell Westbrook and John Wall, like you said, where you can just blow by and explode at the rim and just have no problems elsewhere. But we're talking about two 100 percentile guard athletes in terms of speed, explosion, you know, everything there's that's self-explanatory. So what, I do see a lot, and I think this is someone, you know, with uh, something I see Jared Butler a, a lot is that he'll win with complex, you know, dribble combos, and then you know he'll kind of let like the simplistic stuff take over at the rim, whether it's like a little floater or like a little sky. I mean, I think it's sky, like he does that little sky hook. It's kind of towing the line. But 
wet, like I do want to it's, point out it's that not a it's not a sky hook. He has he has a little baby <laughs> hook that he can that he can get off. No, he's not have a right. sky hook. All right, so imagine like Xavier's <laughs> imagine Xavier Simpson's sky hook like tranquilized a little bit. Fair, <laughs> but I mean the Xavier Simpson thing is is I think an instructive example that like you know look look at the margins that he's working with just to get a shot off. You know yeah. that's a really really thin margin to get off a good shot. Are we are we are we willing to say that the Xavier, I guess the Xavier Simpson skyhook is probably a good shot. As but, someone who grew up like, watching a lot of a lot of Michigan basketball, he converted that shot relatively frequently. <laughs> yeah, but I mean he's just he's working with such a thin margin there that like the defender gets to NBA length and it's you know is that shot there? Oh no, I'm definitely agreeing with you. I, I was just pointing out that he was yeah, incredible. No, no, no. I, 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 it was a very effective shot in college. <laughs> but no, anyways, back to like the conversation. It, it is important to realize that why these two things are so important is that because it's that you can't just flip off between the two when you feel like it. it you have to do what the def- you have to take what the defense gives you, and when you by taking what the defense gives you, you have to be ready for anything. And whether that could be just a simple extension finish at the rim or it could be a euro step up and under like but the point is that if you have all these in your bag and you have the ability to also win easily then you have this wider arsenal of ways to you know create advantages and then convert them and you can kind of just pick and choose based on what feels right and what they give you versus if you only have one or the other then you're completely locked into that sector which forces you to either you know get bottled up at the point of attack or get swatted at the rim because you don't have a counter for the rim protector. And just like things like that is that, you know, the broader your horizons are within this spectrum from easy to complex, the better off you are is kind of the overall point. The wait is finally over. Football was in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And and that's where the, the feel and approach come into play, is that you should be reading what's necessary on a given play, right? That like if, if all that's needed is that you, like you can get that, that a guy, you know, just simply cannot stick with your, with your quick twitch explosion, that's all you should be doing. But like, if you need to hit him with like a slight hezzy to get him a little bit off balance, and then you can explode by, that's all you should need. Now, if it's a guy who's a great lateral athlete who can really stick with you and you need to start breaking out the complex dribbles and you need to start breaking out the, the, you know, really deceptive change of pace and the complex footwork, then you do what's necessary. You always do, you know, the minimum that's, that's necessary. Um, that's, I think, something that you, that you want to see in terms of, you know, believing a guy can translate up, but also just in terms of, like, conserving energy and being effective and efficient with, with your movement and with the shot clock. Um, yeah, it, I think it's just a balancing exactly what's what's necessary i think is you know an important element of feel as as a creator that's that's not you know what we would typically consider to be you know quick processing or something like that like we really are talking about reading a defender knowing the situation knowing what you have time for what you have space for what's necessary you know how anticipating how the defense is going to react to certain things like if you if you get to a certain spot at a certain time what does that mean for, for, you know, the defense surrounding you? You know, these are all uh, feel, uh, you know, related concepts, I would say. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, just, just knowing, knowing how to read your defender is, is, is certainly important. Knowing how to read the entire defense to, to be, you know, the best advantage creator you can be is really important. No, that's definitely an incredibly important point. And I think it's something we definitely hit on in the wing philosophy. Like people ask me all the time, you know, why are you so high on feel? You know, that's not going to create a bucket for you. But in reality, you know, the ability to process what's going on in the basketball court and act accordingly is 
present in every single situation. And I'm not saying that sometimes skills don't take over and, you know, having a good enough handle and being a good enough shot maker isn't enough in spurts. It is. I don't, I'm not denying that. However, you know, these quick decisions and like, especially in the NBA, when everything, the speed is quicker, like the rotations are quicker, everything's moving faster and you have to act quicker. And that is why I think both of us are so high on this, you know, however you want to describe it, but the overall word feel is because it just is always present. It's always the underlying factor in every single basketball possession. And I think, you know, I name dropped him before, but I think Kyrie Irving is probably the poster child for this entire podcast episode, just in terms of his ability to win with a straight blow by and get all the way to the rim and finish with a scoop finish, or, you know, bring someone out on an island, hit them with three dribble combos, create a ton of space and nail a tough shot. And, you know, the ability to do both just constantly keeps defenses on edge and there's not like, they don't really know what to do with you. And I, you know, we talked about Luca before and I love Luca. He's my favorite player in the league right now. And, but the, where you see Luca struggle and it's, it's not, it's not frequent at all, but where you do see Luca struggle is when he struggles to win easily. And it's just, everything is incredibly difficult and that builds up and it's taxing on you mentally and physically as a creator. That's where Luca runs into his problems. And, you know, it just shows you if Luca is consistently running into problems, it just shows you how high the standard is for consistently creating advantages and how diverse you need to be in your ability to get them in many different ways. Yeah, I think I think we should we should move on to the the sort of negative takeaways that come when it when it when a guy is really reliant on complex advantage creation. Um, and and as we've been talking about, I think that if you are solely creating advantages through complex actions that it's it's likely evidence that you can't win easily i think that that's highly applicable to to bj boston as a high school player that he was winning with complexity and you know you're getting caught up in the fact that this is a six seven player who with his with his handle can and the threat of his pull-up can can you know get a guy completely off balance enough to to get by him so that he could then break out a crazy reverse and that you know that it comes back to confronting this bias that doing all of those things is really impressive having to do all of those things is a bad sign um so yeah i think that the just the concern has to be then what what do you do if you're reliant on complexity what do you do when something when something specific is taken away, what do you do? You know, if if you get a more if you're faced with a more specialized coverage, what do you do against better defenders, better athletes? Um, I, I think that it's just you know the absence of those easy wins is concerning if everything is reliant on complexity. On the other hand, it I think it does come down to the margins at the end of the day that Jared Butler is always winning with complexity, but he also wins pretty big pretty frequently. That you know, he, he can, if he's operating a pick and roll, he gets downhill and he's hitting a drop big with a dribble move and footwork and finishing craft. Like he, he ends up generating good looks. He ends up generating big advantages probably is a better way to put it that, that he gets a lot of blow buys um, and then can create off of that. Like he, he is working with large margins and that, that, you know, may be a saving grace, but, but I mean, he, he for sure is a guy who, who relies on complexity to win, I think. No, yeah, he definitely is. Um, I, I think, you know, playing, if you, if I were to play devil's advocate on, you know, Jared Butler and relying on complexity, it would be that when he does rely on complexity, he wins cleanly and easily and he gets off his man and he creates a complete full advantage. And looking back on the guys that I've gotten fooled on as an evaluator, especially, at, you know, the college level or the high school level, yeah, it seems like I can't get through a podcast appearance uh, without mentioning Caleb Love. But Caleb Love, um, even after three dribble combos and a step back, he was still taking contested three-pointers. BJ Boston, after all those combos and all that footwork, still taking contested three-pointers. And, you know, Trey Mann is another one. I, I I'm like Trey Mann a lot. Uh, I think he is an intriguing complimentary guard. He's a has always had a great foundation of craft, space creation. The handle is there. You know, he's added some size. 
But Trey Mann is someone who, again, we talk about is the defense forcing you into this. It does seem like Trey Mann gets forced into these dribble combos. And when he comes out of them after shifting the defender, you know, whether it takes two or three moves, the, the looks still aren't easy. And I think that was something with Ant. I mean, I, I, I know you were pretty high on Ant last year. I, th- I don't know if you had him number one in the end. But oh, no, no. No. <laughs> so, uh, so, but regardless, I do think me and you were probably, you know, two of the guys who were still higher on Ant in the end. And a big reason for that was I liked his ability to win cleanly. And after that initial move, he was downhill and it was a complete four on five. And and I think that is definitely something to monitor when people are relying on complexity is, okay, that's like, fine. That's your game at the very moment. But again, what's, it comes down to the margins. If you're still needing all that to just get a half a step instead of a full step, it's likely not viable. And I think that's something to consistently monitor with these kind of players and prospects. Yeah, look, I think James Harden is all. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows always a guy who's interesting to discuss in conversations like this because you know he like we talked about off the top that you know creating advantages with scheme is is really useful and I think people get too caught up with that with Harden because you don't need to create advantages with scheme if you have James Harden um and I think that there's probably a perception of him as uh, that he only wins with complexity and I don't think that's true either that he wins easily frequently too uh but he is a guy who 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 relies on extreme complexity to win at times, but his, his wins are so big that like once James Harden has broken down a guy with the, you know, 14 dribble moves, they're completely done. It's a complete five on four. Um, And yeah. And that's the thing is that the margin that he creates is enormous. Um, And, and that he's, I mean, of course is capable of working with smaller margins too, and they, yeah, I mean, he is such a unique player and that he doesn't even need to necessarily create advantages because of his foul drawing craft. Um, but yeah, even a guy like that, like where he is reliant on extreme complexity at times, that the win is so big. And that that's the thing is that if if a guy is winning with complexity, it it better not be so that he can get off like a baby hook over a contest, like while moving out, of, like while flying out of bounds. Like that shouldn't be the degree of the win. Like if you, if you need to break out change of pace and perfect footwork and a dribble move and, you know, like pull up craft that better result in like a wide open 15 footer or like a really, really or like a defense massively in rotation that then allows you to make a pretty simple pass for a good shot. Like, 
the the win should be big if if it's if it's requiring you a lot of complexity, especially when we're talking about moving up levels. Yeah, no, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. I mean, when I think of, you know, Houston before they went microball five out, it was James Harden breaking someone off the bounce and having a two-on-one with him, a rim protector, and Clint Capella in the dunker spot. And it was it was unguardable. You just couldn't contain that. And I think, you know, this is something we always we always talk about. And I think this is we've talked about this in previous philosophical things, is like playmaking leaps and what enables a playmaking leap. And Ultimately, it's the windows being there and how much the defense respects you and how much of defensive attention you garner. And I think this is someone, this is a, definitely applies to Jared Butler. I mean, I wrote about him in depth and a big part of why I was impressed with him early on the season was his playmaking leap. Uh, we're talking about someone who was a pretty mediocre, even poor decision maker as a guard last year and who is now throwing skip passes out of pick and rolls and hitting and manipulating the defense with his eyes. And I think a big part of that is how cleanly he beats his defender, whether it's a pick and roll or an ISO situation, he's getting clean advantages where he can think and see through these passing lanes, which enabled a playmaking leap from him. And, and I think, you know, there's no capping what winning easily can bring for you, like as an individual from a developmental standpoint and to your team from an impact standpoint, uh, um, I just think, you know, the ability to fully cleanly blow by your defender on a consistent basis is probably the most valuable thing you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, Grant Riller is another guy who comes to mind as as capturing really all of that, that Grant Riller, especially playing in a lower level conference that typically won very easily, that he really could create create a significant advantage with one step. And that, that was something that was, you know, a huge standout skill last year in a class of guys who were not a great, not great advantage creators. Um, so Riller typically won with incredible ease. However, he could step up the complexity in a very big way that he had complex dribble moves, that he had very advanced footwork and strength usage that like that he could hit you with euros. He could do like step throughs. He could, um, you know, he had every finishing angle in the book. You know, he he had the complexity when he needed it, which wasn't frequent playing playing against that level of competition. But that inspires confidence that when that becomes more necessary, he can still do it while also winning easily. And then, you know, over the course of Grant Miller's college career, you see playmaking advances like you described with Butler that, that we definitely have seen because, you know, with Riller that he's winning so consistently because of the easy wins and then the complex wins when he needs them that the passing windows are easy they're huge um they don't require a ton of you know manipulation to to make them available and they're 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 just they're very apparent um and they're to create good shots um so i think that that yeah like i think the the big takeaway from from all of this is that like you're you're talking about exponential growth with a lot of different things that like if you can consistently win with ease and with complexity, then you're looking at really, really easy passing windows to make playmaking growth. If you, you know, have the coordination to win with complexity and can improve in specific areas, then you can look at exponential growth in terms of your ability to create with consistency. Um, that like complexity is not inherently bad or good that, you know, you just have to look at the surrounding context of it, that you want you want guys who are able to win with complexity because they're going to be in the NBA. They're going to be in situations where they need that unless they are Shaq, unless they are, um, you know, Kevin Durant. And the fact that he can like anytime he is touching the ball in the half court, like he can get a good shot by simply shooting the ball um, like in, unless you have those historic all-time skills that you're going to need complexity at some point it's just that can't be the thing that you're always relying upon especially if we're looking at going up levels yeah i think i think we kind of definitely covered everything across the spectrum um i know i got it all out i did i know we're definitely trying to keep this up one parter which is always tough for us do you have anything else before we move on to like the spotlight skill that you want to talk about uh i don't think so i'm good to move on all right. Um, you can start with your you spotlight skill. All right. I, I had a couple. Um, I get, yeah. So uh, 
I've watched a couple Greg Brown games recently. Um, I watched Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Um, and he has had a high impact on the defensive end in these games uh, because of his, obviously, his vertical leaping ability, his length. Um, and I, I, I really do think that, that he shows off solid IQ off the ball, that he, he has strong moments of recognition uh, around the rim in particular that allow him to make quite a high impact as an off-ball defender. Um, and then on the ball, I, I think that he has really quick hips and that, again, that vertical explosion and the length really show up a lot for him. Uh, th- there are you know weird aspects to his movement that his lateral movement is definitely a bit janky. That, that I, I find that, that his, his balance is a bit weird and that it's especially to even though his hips he can flip them quickly it, it seems like there's something weird with the balance there that he he often is like bring his hands down in order to change directions uh i'm not sure what what exactly is going on there uh and and of, of course you know he he's a guy that i think people have theorized uh has one leg that's longer than the other uh and so you know always been a bit of a weird mover but but having a really high defensive impact for Texas um, through, through his combination of, of physical tools and, uh, and recognition. Uh, and do, do you want to do yours or do you want me to do my other one? Um, I could do one. Yeah. Um, so with classes picking up, uh, I haven't been able to watch as much basketball, but I have caught a couple of Gonzaga games and I know this isn't new news to anyone, but I just want to emphasize and talk about Corey Kispert's shot prep. Uh, it is beyond impressive and i know you know i've talked to a couple people um my good friend anish Burry just wrote a scouting report on him you should go check that out and we talked a lot about like his you know footwork he's it's interesting because he always likes to go to this hop um that's what he's clearly most comfortable with and it's like an extremely noteworthy attempt if he doesn't hop into it and i can't really even think of any uh, but regardless of that, his ability to get on balance and square himself up, regardless, backwards momentum, cut, running full speed off a of flare screen, at, like running as a trailer. He's I, he's been so effective as the trail man for Gonzaga this year. You know, Jalen Suggs has a great head on his shoulders, is always looking for him. And Kispert's ability to just get on balance at all times from anywhere on the court, no matter what was going on before that is something that always sticks out to me, whether I'm, you know, just watching basketball with my friends or, you know, sitting on my computer taking notes. And and I think that's something, look, I'm not pretending that I found out this trait and I detected it, but I do want to put some emphasis on it because, you know, when we're talking about shooting specialists, the bar is incredibly high and you need to take every little thing into account. And I think Kispert's consistency as, you know, shot preparation is something that definitely should not be overlooked and deserves a ton of praise. Yeah. The completeness of his overall shooting package is, um, unusual, uh, that, yeah, I mean, just the, the number of settings in which he's able to apply himself as a shooter is, is, is noteworthy. Um, you mess, you mentioned like the transition attack. Of course, Gonzaga has a very, very potent transition attack. Uh, and just yes, yeah, serving is something like a trailer when especially when you come into the play and then you're hopping into the shot from 30 feet. Uh, that's very potent. Um, and that yeah, like the the gravitational implications of 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 a guy who can shoot in those settings um with that versatility and consistency is uh considerable. Um, did you, did you have any others or should I do my other one? I have one more. You want me to just finish it? Yeah, um, yeah It's pretty quick. It. So, um, there was a big high school basketball tournament at the St. James and a cut bunch of the games were on ESPN. Um, I got to look at Sunrise Christian, who is the second best high school team in the country and is loaded with prospects. Uh, they have a wing Kendall Brown, who is committed to Baylor. And he's really interesting. The ball skills on the offensive impact are extremely far away. Um, you know, maybe even so far away that it keeps him in school for another year. But we're talking about someone who is probably six, seven, six, eight, and is extremely fluid as a wing defender and is so, so smart. Um, he jumps passing lanes with absolute ease, makes incredible rotations and just great, great leaper, great length. Um, you know, it, it just, he is going to be one of those like 
I don't know if he's going to be like a defensive specialist, but he is someone who definitely has the potential to be a special wing defender and a special wing prospect on that end of the floor. And, you know, when you have someone, he's still young, uh, he's a high school senior. And when you have someone who's possessing that outlier ability in terms of processing and physical movement on that end, um, I, I'm definitely someone who need like is going to need to be sold on the offense before I really dive into him as like a top 10 guy or maybe even like a late lottery guy. But his defensive prowess is certainly noteworthy. And watching him in Baylor's defensive scheme is going to be incredibly fun next year. I need to watch high school basketball. Miss it. <laughs> it's fun. Um, it's fun. It's the best. I love it, man. Um, all right. My final one is uh, Jaden Springer. Uh, and I think very, very relevant to this discussion. Um, I would recommend people watch the Texas A&M game that Springer played. Uh, it's an interesting performance from a, especially from the complexity uh, angle, Jaden Springer, I do not think wins easily. Uh, he, he requires a lot of complexity to win, whether that's resorting to, to dribble moves and then typically strength and footwork factor in very, very heavily. Uh, and I, especially in this game, I think you start to see how anticipation comes into play for him as well. And that's kind of the thing that I wanted to focus on that we've talked in the past about how Jaden Springer is very, very capable of maneuvering to his spots uh, on the floor through, through the, the high level strength for a guard and, and the, the size and the, and the, the definitely the footwork and just where he wants to get on the floor. And I, I think a certain approach of knowing where he wants to get on the floor, but I think this Texas A&M performance is, is, interesting because of I think he from an approach standpoint I think you could really see that he realized what getting to his spots would mean in terms of the defense reacting to him and then how he could capitalize on that to create looks for his teammates so this is like you know a ball screen is being hedged Jane Springer realizes okay I gotta hit him with a through the leg split the defense now I've got the the defender on my back. So I got to keep him there with, with strength. And by getting to the elbow, you know, where they're, where they're worried that I'm going to get to my pull-up, I'm going to draw a stunt from a team that's, that's stunting really heavily. And then I'm going to throw a little wrap around and boom, you know, defense and rotation above, wide open above the break three or swing to the corner or something like that. that in this game, I think you could really see the approach of realizing what working to his spots was now, like, take all of this in the context of this advantage creation was was very complex, and and the margins with Springer, I think, vary. But but you know, I, I think that this is a sort of noteworthy performance uh, you know, for a guy who maybe is not lauded necessarily for his for his passing. But uh, you know, seeing this sort of approach, seeing this evolution as a passer, uh, was was is interesting and it's just, I think a worthwhile performance for people to watch. Yeah. I mean, I definitely caught that game. I still need to go back in the second half, but the first half was really impressive. Um, he threw the best pass I've seen him throw all year with that little, it acted like he was going to throw the baseline drift and then dropped it off for an easy dunk, I think. But um, yeah, Springer is, been really interesting and definitely applies this like advantage creation and it's always been unique he, he's always been really intriguing really and and that, that's been like that since he was you know sophomore in high school it's just it's no, nothing is traditional I think that kind of rubs people the wrong way uh, and I think it's a little bit of a lazy analysis that there's not a direct comp to his ability to get to his spots and create advantages therefore people kind of just write it off that it isn't viable I certainly disagree. Um, someone with that age and that sh- strength already and his ability and his understanding to always like play off to play off of two, get guys on his hips. And yes, it is complex, but I think he is someone who we're looking at as an 18 year old with that athletic profile right now. I do think he is someone who, when he gets the NBA could learn how to win in easy ways that could complement the complexities. And um yeah, I think he's definitely one of those guys to look look out no, for. And, and that's an important question to ask is 
what margins do you need in order to produce good results? And, and that I think is, it becomes a more interesting conversation with Springer that like, I mean, watch this game, the margins that he needs are not necessarily that large because when you can hop step in and then rise over someone, because you do have plus size and strength as a guard, even at the NBA level, you don't necessarily need the massive margins. Um, and, and I think that that's, a, that's something that's, that's definitely very relevant for like wing shot makers is that they don't need the margins that, that it's a small win for them. That's, that's relevant. And yeah, the, the, the big wins are, are really important in terms of compromising a defense, but you know, if, if you're a guy who the small wins prove to be enough frequently enough that then the defense does have to start reacting to you more aggressively based off of, off of small wins. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that that was, that was an interesting performance um, and, and one that I'd recommend watching. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, do you have anything to plug as of late? Uh, I do not. Do you? Um, I was recently on Locked on Knicks podcast, so um, go give that a listen. If you are a Knicks fan, I think it'll be really interesting. If you're not a Knicks fan, uh, I'd probably wait until part two. That should be out any day now where I talk about some 2021 prospects but if you want to indulge yourself on some obi Toppin analysis and emmanuel quickly if you want to hear me eat my words you should tune into that podcast and, and i think people like hearing that sometimes all right um so you can follow the pod as usual at prep 2 pro pod on twitter you can follow jake at jake in the paint and you can follow me at max a carlin and with that i think we are done for today thank you guys for listening